Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles postgame edition, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. I am your host of the Cowboy Chronicles, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Jenny Carlson. As I said, this is the postgame edition. We are... uh, Coming to you shortly after Oklahoma State's 31-13 victory over Kansas. They moved to 7-3 and three on the season. An important win. Keep uh, momentum going and, uh, and all sorts of other things. Lot to talk about, though. Lot to talk about. Let's, uh, let's start with Chuba Hubbard because that was maybe, uh, maybe the most interesting thing to come out of, uh, out of all of this. Um, I think the fact that it was sort of a ho-hum day for him. For, for Chuba production wise 23 carries 122 yards and two touchdowns although I did uh, I was I did find the uh, note interesting that he is now second in big 12 history in uh, 100 yard games with two touchdowns he's got seven of those this season Wow all right Ricky Williams had eight in 1997 that's so pretty good company that's some uh, some elite company that he's up there with uh, but as I said, not uh, not the crazy numbers that he's had a few different times this year, um, but still, when given the opportunity to uh, make his case for Chuba Hubbard to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, Mike Gundy got uh, got got pretty deep this time around. He didn't go. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't back down at all this time. No, he went a lot stronger this time. Uh, was it last week on the off week? Um, he kind of started making his case a little bit to the reporters um, in attendance there at his after practice. But this time, with a little bit more of a stage, he made a huge statement saying, if Chuba's not there, it's a quarterback award, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a pretty strong statement, uh, that if, if Chuba can't get there, then who can unless you're a quarterback, right. essentially is what he was saying. And I, it's a valid point. Um, Chuba's got the numbers. He deserves to at least have a seat in New York right now and uh get his first trip to new york actually too which i thought was kind of interesting he says he's never been to new york yeah and it's uh, uh, high on his priority list as well i, I also enjoyed him trying to describe the different parts of new york city uh <laughs> the giant tv screens right is that what he called yeah, yeah, it yeah jumbotron uh he jumbotron yeah he he meant Times square uh the giant tree for the rockefeller tree um do what that was actually that was actually me trying to describe. I thought he was. I thought he was describing the uh, the massive Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center. He was actually talking about the massive jumbotron in Times Square. Yeah. Either way, it was it was entertaining to watch him try to describe those. I I almost we should have maybe asked what other cities he wants to go visit while he's in the states. Oh, uh, great. You know he'll he'll get plenty of chance to visit all the major cities in the next year or two. Though to be honest, uh, yes, he will. <laughs> he will he will have those opportunities. Uh, but he wants an earlier trip to New York, and 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 really, I I think he deserves it. I do too, Jenny. I know you uh, you wrote about this for uh, for the Sunday paper. Yeah. Your uh, your thoughts on the uh, on the situation, what everybody had to say about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think obviously if you're talking Heisman, you, you can't help but ignore what happened uh, with Tua Tonga-Vailoa today, the Alabama quarterback. Sounds like he's done for the year. Um, a hip, what well, sounds like a, a dislocated hip and possibly a broken bone as well. Um, just an unfortunate injury. But, you know, here's a here's a guy towards the front of the pack in the Heisman race who's going to miss the rest of the year. And you got to think that that's, 
likely to, you know, bump him down the balloting, missing, you know, important games in their schedule. And then Chase Young, the the dynamic defender from uh, Ohio State, sitting out again today, serving a suspension. He's expected to be back next week, but again, playing a shortened uh, schedule, only 10 games likely uh, for Chase Young. You know, I think that that then you, you, what what Jacob said about what, what Gundy said is, you know, basically that um, you know, the number of guys at Power 5 schools that are going to reach the rushing totals that Chuba Hubbard is likely to reach, it's rare. I mean, uh, Gundy was talking 1,800, 1,900 yards. I mean, the truth is that Chuba Hubbard could easily be at 1,800 yards by halftime next week. He could easily get to 2,000 before the season's over. And if you look at guys that have, have been at Power 5 schools and led the country in rushing, not many get to the 2,000-yard mark during the 12 games of the regular season, and that's what Chuba has a chance to do. So Gundy's basically saying, listen, we look at these big numbers by quarterbacks, 3,500 yards, 4,000 yards. Yeah, that's impressive, but how many guys at Power 5 schools do that? I looked at the numbers and tried to guess a little bit on how many guys would get to the 3,500-yard mark uh, based on where they are today and how many games they have left. I think there's probably going to be at least half a dozen guys that have a pretty good shot to be there. Uh, you know, that includes some guys that we know a lot about, guys like Jalen Hurts, um, guys like Joe Barrow, who will probably be a Heisman finalist. But it also includes some guys that, you know, aren't names. Um, Washington State's quarterback, uh, North Carolina's quarterback, uh, you know, some guys, Brock Purdy, the uh, the Iowa State quarterback. So that mark is not, you know, it's not that it's not great, but it's not it's not unheard of. Guys getting to 2,000 rushing yards at Power 5 schools in this day and age, it's almost unheard of. And I think that's the crux of Mike Gundy's argument is, listen, this guy is doing something that has become extremely unique in college football. Yeah, it really is. And just to uh, to kind of give this a, a little bit more depth, looking at rushing yards prior to today, I don't know what anybody other than Chuba has done today. He started the day at 16.04, is now at 17.26. Um, behind him is uh, A.J. Dillon from uh, from Boston College, started the day at 14.51. Boston College was off today too, Scotty. Okay, so yeah. so. Uh, but Hubbard. Wisconsin, um, Jonathan Taylor, sort of the other power five guy, he rushed for a little over 200 yards today, but he's still way behind Chuba Hubbard yeah, through so his 10 games. Yeah, so he started the day at 12.59, so... Um, you know, you start looking at the at the big name programs. Taylor at twelve fifty nine starting the day. Travis Etienne at Clemson twelve fourteen. J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State was at twelve hundred coming into the day. Now he might have had a huge day in uh, the the craziness that uh, that they put up, but I haven't uh, like I said I haven't seen the stats on that one yet. But um, Hubbard is is running away from the field, and yeah, the number of guys who have rushed for over two thousand yards during the regular season at a Power 5 school and not at least gotten the invite to to New York is incredibly small. Uh, a lot of those guys have, uh, have, have won Heismans if you go back far enough, but um, but the guys that didn't even get invited, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's, it's really incredibly rare. So uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, development as, uh, as we go, and obviously Oklahoma State with having... West Virginia next week. That's another chance for Hubbard to put up some uh, some good numbers. Um, either of you at all surprised though that we didn't see a bigger day out of uh, out of Chuba Hubbard, given how 
bad the Kansas rush defense was? Um, yes and no, maybe. Uh, maybe the Kansas defense knew how just bad it struggled. Clear, just to be clear, that was a yes, no, and a maybe? Uh, pretty much. Okay, I, I don't really have an answer, I guess. Very good. Uh, Go ahead. No, uh, yes, yes and no. All so, right. Kansas' defense had to be aware how bad they are against the run, right? And they had to be aware how good Chuba is. So, you load the box like that, it makes it hard on Chuba. Even yeah. if you're bad at stopping the run, and at OSU – you know, kind of showed early, like, hey, Spencer's going to play well. Drew Brown came in and played well. Passing game worked. Um, they, It wasn't a day they had to go to Chuba a ton, necessarily. Um, I even tweeted out earlier that I was kind of kind of boring to watch him kind of score on a 15-yard touchdown compared to the 50-plus yards that we usually see. I was kind of thinking, man, th- th- he doesn't do this very often. What's this? Uh, it, You know, you got used to those home runs and – um, I was joking, of course. It's you know, it's a touchdown's a touchdown, but uh, so yes and no for me. And, and and let's let's be honest. When they got pinned back at their five yard line there by that one punt, how many people in the stadium were thinking ninety five oh, yards? Two was about to score. Two was about to score. <laughs> well, and there were a couple times, don't you think, guys, where he was just you know a shoestring away from from breaking one. I yeah. mean, I, I felt like there were a couple instances where that was the case but you know I think the thing about Chuba that I I think I wrote this maybe a couple weeks ago um, in a column after he had that big 200 plus yards against TCU which TCU doesn't give up that many rushing yards um, normally Uh, the the patience with which he is able to operate it's just I mean yes the 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 long uh, cross-country runs are obvious I mean it's obviously fun I mean clearly those are the highlights but Go back and watch that 15-yard touchdown run he had, had, and he just it feels like he's kind of water-filling space. And I asked him a little bit about that in postgame. You know, I, I, we had talked to he and I about patience after that TCU game. He said it was something he'd worked on a lot since the spring, but, you know, it, it's just if you go back and watch, it's patience, it's vision, it's uh, obviously his, his blockers have to be doing a great job, but... Some of it's just got to be some innate ability, I would imagine, because I, I mean, I really can't, I really can't tell you how 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 you do that, how you are able to sort of find those little spots where, you know, defenders aren't going to get to you, and then uh, a moment later you're gone into another, you know, void where you can, you know, move ahead. It was just if you go back and watch that 15-yard touchdown, to me, it's just it sort of speaks to his varied abilities yeah he can get out and he can run away from you but being able to you know sort of get in the the I called it the mess when I asked him about it afterwards and and he said it's really not but if you watch it you can't help but think how does a guy get through what he got through Um, so I would say my feeling is I did think he would have a bigger day um, but it was still a day that you, you came away impressed by what you saw out of him yeah absolutely as we said, 23 carries, 122 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Spencer Sanders um, had the thumb injury. Uh, everything sounds like he's going to be fine. Sounds like it was more precautionary. Um, we'll get into that and uh, talk a little bit about Drew Brown. we got to talk about the defense. Let's take a quick break. Come right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. are back 
on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Jenny Carlson. I know you guys are wanting to talk about punting, but we're going to hold off right now. And we'll uh, we'll get to that later. Right now, uh, uh, let's uh, let's let's talk Spencer Sanders, Drew Brown. I thought uh, I thought that was one of the more interesting developments of the day. Obviously, Oklahoma State fans very happy to hear that Spencer Sanders' injury is not serious. Um, but uh, but seeing Drew Brown get out there and throw a touchdown pass to Dylan Stoner, uh, perfectly pla- placed throw. Uh, Stoner got open behind the defense. Uh, then to watch the celebration that ensued told you a lot about what Drew Brown has meant to this team. For a guy that 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 prior to today, his most meaningful snap was handing off to LD Brown in the Liberty Bowl last year when Taylor Cornelius lost his helmet. Mm-hmm. That was uh, what a play he made. It was what a, a play it was a really made. it was a really cool scene, and it felt like it felt like that's all today was going to be was uh, yeah uh, just do what you can to get the ball to Chuba type of thing. Yeah, but, they, were, uh, they were up twenty four. Yeah, it was twenty four nothing at the time. Just go in there. He had uh, he had thrown screen clock. pass screen pass to Chuba, handed off to Chuba a couple of times, and then they uh, they pop him deep and uh, big time play. But really cool to see the uh, the reaction from Drew Brown's teammates. I liked that he tried to run away and they caught him. Yeah, exactly. And he jumped up and was held up in the air for a long time, and uh, it was entertaining. And, and you could tell in post game, Spencer Sanders loves Drew. Yeah. Um, Colby Harvell Pill loves Drew. Uh, Chuba loves Drew. Everybody loves him. Um, very likable guy. And and I didn't talk to him tonight post game. He came and you talked to him, Scott. But yeah. um, I talked to him early in the season and very likable guy. And yeah, he is. You know, it's it's hard to, to argue with that. Um, that was interesting. The Gundy said he'd been meaning to try to get Drew in a game lately. Right. Just hasn't had the opportunity. Everything's been close, and so yeah. they finally got a chance. Um, I think you want to keep him fresh for down the stretch run if you do need him. Right. Um, as Spencer keeps taking hits and fails his hurdles, um, <laughs> you know, maybe uh, he might get banged up a little bit in various ways, and uh, Drew might have to come in and do more than just hand the ball off. He he might that 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 hurdle was scary for uh, a lot of folks in the uh, in the stadium, uh, regardless of whether you're an Oklahoma State fan or not. That uh, it was just uh, uh, a scary moment. When but, those work, they look great. They're good pictures. They're mm-hmm. good slow motion on TV. When it went like it went today, ugh, not so much. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who was more scared? OSU fans or Kyle Mayberry, the Kansas defensive back, who <laughs> right. saw all of a sudden they both went high. Yeah. I thought it looked like it might be heading towards like a ninja kick. You know, like right, I right, kept thinking yeah. I kick yeah, you know, I've seen enough guys hurdle or attempt to hurdle, as that one was, where it look you know, if you think, well, why wouldn't at some point the guy's foot that he's hurdling with connect with the other dude in the midsection or mm-hmm. the head or something? I thought that's what had initially happened. Then I saw it on replay and I realized, no, it was a different uh it was a different kind of uh smash. It was. It was uh, a little painful to watch for uh, for, for <laughs> Chuba's for answer folks. was the best. He didn't want to comment on it, anything that happened, but it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Well, yeah. But the thing is, is that Chuba watched that happen, and then he attempted to do one as well, fumbled on it. Maybe mm-hmm. those guys should keep their feet after uh, the way those two went today. But no, yeah. Scott, I think I think you bring up a, a good point, uh, Jacob, too, about the quarterback situation. You know, um, yeah, Spencer Sanders for his. Um, you know, d- 
dual threat as he's been for this team, both running and passing. You know, you, you figure at some point there's going to be some sort of, you know, bump, bruise, nick, something that's not just painful but going to actually keep him out. Right. And so the fact that they've really not had that has been probably, you know, a little bit of a an upset almost. And uh, I think being able to have Drew Brown in situations where, you know, I don't know if anybody thought – Kansas is coming back to win this game, you know, when Drew Brown went in there. But to have him be in, in, in a situation where it wasn't, you know, all twos he's playing with, it was actually lots of time left. They needed to move the ball. They needed to put some points on the board just to put a little distance there. I thought he played really well, and, you know, it was a, it was a good moment to uh, to see him celebrate and, and see his teammates get to celebrate with him after that big pass to Stoner. And it was a great ball. I mean, it was exactly where it needed to be. Uh, great, great ball, great catch, all that. It, it was it was really uh, – it was a good play and a nice moment. It was. I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to Drew. I got to know him well, – I shouldn't say I got to know him. I talked to him on the phone like three times uh, when he was uh, still out in Hawaii. Surfing. The summer before. He's, uh, he's not a surfer guy. Surprisingly, that but, is surprising. Uh, he's from California too. You think yeah, that would be a he's, good he's odds. From, uh, he's from up north, though. That's true. Um, but uh, I, I spoke to him on the phone a few times bef- the summer before he arrived at Oklahoma State, and he's a very, um, very mature kid. He's uh, very introspective, and uh, some of his comments about the moment. Uh, of celebrating with his teammates tonight were uh, were were pretty enjoyable. So, um, really enjoyed visiting with him and uh, uh, you know digging a little deeper into into some things with him than uh, than you can with other players. Some guys don't, just don't have that that uh, that ability to go to go there and and, and talk about things the way that Drew did tonight. So I, it was I nice. respected how he was early in the season when he lost the job, right. Spencer, and I asked him point blank about it. Um, and he was very open and honest about how how it hurts, you know. But he's still got to be ready to go. And I I always respected the way he handled that. Hey, how about Dylan Stoner? This dude, maybe maybe his biggest uh, flaw is his timing. In that he has been teammates with James Washington and Tylen Wallace his entire <laughs> career. I mean, this guy looks like a big-time receiver right now. 150 yards, a career high on five catches tonight. You know, Scott, you uh, you had a story in the Saturday Oklahoman about Stoner. Great one, by the way. If people haven't read Thank it, go check it out. Um, no jinx, by the way. No cover jinx for uh, right. you and Dylan Stoner. But um, I think it was Gundy that made the point in that story that you, you quoted him as saying, you know, this is a guy who's fast enough, talented enough to, to, to play in the NFL. And, you know, I, I guess the, the guys that are sort of at the top of the pecking order wide receiver for, for OSU, you just kind of figure year in and year out are, are going to be NFL, at least get a look. Right. But I hadn't really thought about that in terms of Dylan Stoner until I read, read that comment today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think that's probably accurate. I mean, I don't necessarily know if he gets drafted, but I think with his speed, his hands, he's not a guy that he doesn't drop anything. Right. Um, you know, you, you rarely see sort of, um, you know, errors of, you know, not paying attention or, uh, you know, mental mistakes. He's a solid, solid guy. He's returned, you know, he's obviously the punt returner. That's a 
commodity that if you're an NFL team, if you get a guy who can do a lot of different stuff, I mean, I think that he's um, – and being able to now go from playing that inside receiver role, which he was so good at for so long, now to be in that outside role that Tylen Wallace vacated, I mean, that shows some serious, uh, you know, flexibility to, to be able to handle you know, two jobs that seem a lot the same but are really different. I mean, it's different routes. It's different assignments. So I think that's a really interesting point to be made about Dylan Stoner that not only is he playing great for the Cowboys, but he's really kind of making a statement about just how much he can do for a team. And also, I I found this stat when looking back through his career, five games in his career he's gone over uh, 80 receiving yards, and four of them have been in the month of November during uh, during his career so he's a he is a late season guy mr november yeah exactly so um you know what we're uh, we're, we're 21 minutes into this we haven't talked about colby harvell peel trace ford's interception uh all these other things we need to get to let's take a quick break and we'll come back for our final segment on the cowboy chronicles presented by zach We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Jenny Carlson. Oklahoma State, 31-13, to victors over Kansas. For a while, it really felt like, uh, like we were going to have a shutout. And, uh, we joked earlier uh, on video that it... Uh, it felt like we were talking during uh, the seventh inning of a no-hitter up in the we press box. Had, and Jenny over here was doing research on the last shutout. <laughs> I guess a Power Five team. And uh, John Helsley, our old colleague, had done the same research. And mm-hmm. by the time they both decide the research is accurate, Touchdown. Kansas scores. Yes. <laughs> that That is the definition of a no-hitter jinx right there. That's right. Uh, That's I exactly. don't believe in the no-hitter jinx. I've covered minor league baseball and pro baseball and all that and i i don't believe in the jinx but man they sure made it look like it's a real thing yeah i'll say just just for the record the last time they got a shutout against the power five team was 1997 (laughs) in case you're wondering so it was fresno state was that the uh, fresno state yes yes it it took us a while to find so uh yeah but this is the only time i get to share that information probably but uh yeah, so close to a shutout, and then uh, they didn't even keep him in single digits. But you know what? It was a great defensive performance again. You know, obviously playing reserves at the end. But, um, man, Colby Harvell Peel, he's a magnet for interceptions, my friends. Yeah, what he's doing right now is uh, is, is pretty ridiculous. He's, uh, you know, the, the three weeks in a row, he's, he's bounced back and forth between positions because of Trey Sterling's injury. It, nothing has phased him at all. Um, tonight was more of a right place, right time type yeah. of thing with a couple of tipped uh, passes that, that landed in his hands. But you got to be a good player to be in the right place at the right time as often as he's, as he's been. And that's the thing. I mean, he had the six pass breakups against Iowa State. Um, had a couple of those he said he wished he would have been able to catch. Imagine uh, if he had. I, right? Yeah. Um, and then he had, uh, what, three turnovers two weeks ago? Yeah. He had two interceptions and a fumble recovery exactly. on that one, I believe. Um, and then two interceptions tonight. Um, the funny thing is he does play it off like, I'm just in the right place at the right time. He's yeah. totally playing it off cool, uh, very low-key about it. 
Um, but it, it's it's hard to be in the right place at the right time, I think. And yeah. it's it's impressive. Uh, the ball keeps finding him. Eamon talked him up after the game and was really high on just how like he's just there. And it's it, it's and Jim Knowles talked him up. He's a guy that I guess quizzes Knowles a lot during practice. Will stand in his hip there and kind of ask questions why we're doing this, why we're doing that, and. Um, He's really grown just in the last year. He was really good last year as a freshman. This year, he's becoming a star. You know, I I get the right place, right time, but he's had, what, four interceptions in the last two games? Mm-hmm. And as sports fans, even you Cowboy fans listening to this podcast know, there's a team to the south of you that's having trouble with interceptions. Colby Harbell Peel in the last two games has more interceptions than said team down south this season. He's got four. <laughs> They've got four. It's a, I mean, you can you can say right place, right time, and there has to be a smidge of luck in there. But this guy is, uh, as as Jim Knowles said, he is he is able to to anticipate where plays are going. He's in the vicinity. You know, I think it's sort of like uh, a great rebounder in basketball who can sense which way is the ball going to come off the rim. Uh, I'm going to be there to get it. And, you know, sometimes they're not right, but lots of times if they sort of um, are trained to that point where they have that sense, they are going to put themselves in a good position. And he's he's doing that. I, You know, you mentioned uh, Amen Ogbogwamiga, uh, Jacob talking about Colby and uh, Jim Knowles talked about both those guys that when he arrived a year ago he knew that those two guys were going to be really important to the future of his defense and he was hard on them (laughs) I asked Colby about that he says what do you mean the yelling (laughs) (laughs) I said well okay sure but he he knew that those two could potentially be really important pieces of his defense and we've seen it this season both of those guys have been excellent and right now Harville Peel is just, he's been outstanding for them. And it, it, uh, that says a lot about his uh, character, I guess, the type of uh, player that he is. Uh, because I asked him this question, he didn't didn't bite on it at all and played it off. But, I mean, he was recruited by Glenn Spencer to play in a different style of defense. And then Jim Knowles shows up with, uh, with this 4-2-5 that's now more of a 3-3-5. And... Is, is asking him to be a different type of, of safety and is really, um, you know, when you know when a coach is being that hard on a guy that, that and it's not a guy that recruited you, you know, that seems like that could be hard to, to take. But it hasn't, uh, hasn't bothered him at all. And, uh, you know, he made the point that, yes, he was recruited by Glenn Spencer, but he never played for Glenn Spencer. And, and Jim Knowles is the only – the only coach that he knew uh, in his time uh, at uh, at Oklahoma State since he's since he's been on campus. So, uh, very impressive. Trace Ford, another start, his third straight start, got his first career interception tonight. Played uh, played that ball really well on the uh, on the trick play. Trace can catch too. He can. Uh, it was a terrible throw, first of all. Yes, for, um, for for an actual quarterback, yeah, that was a terrible I actually throw. thought he was like a receiver, the way that play <laughs> was drawn up, throwing the ball. Then I realized, oh, no, that's one of their backup quarterbacks. It's not a good sign for the future of the quarterbacks no. at Kansas. Um, it, Trace has just continued to grow. We talk about him a lot. We write about him a little bit here and there. Um, obviously, we can't talk to him, but there's a lot to talk about with him. He's huge. You actually called him Jordan Brailford for a second tonight. I did, I when did he at one point. I got, uh, um, I got a little bit confused. Got a, got a little confused. He looks like Brailford. Um, his speed is incredible. He's 
you know, Brock Martin's a little banged up. He's kind of taken that spot with Brock Martin is. Yeah. Um, it's limited Brock a little bit. I'm starting to wonder if Brock's going to get it back. Well, and, and I don't know what the snap count was tonight. I'd be interested no, to see yeah. it. But he Brock did not get to play a lot tonight. So no. you, you wonder if uh, if the the, uh, the wear and tear is just kind of uh, taking its yeah. toll on him right he, now at this point. I asked him I asked him Tuesday because we talked to him Tuesday just how banged up he was and or he is and he started rattling off all kinds of things he's dealt with his entire career. This long right. list going back to high school and I thought, how do you walk? Yeah, and exactly. It's it's incredible. Um, really tough kid. Really good player, too, but Trace right now is becoming this dynamic force, whether he's rushing the passer. Apparently he can drop back in coverage a little bit and catch the ball if he needs to. Yeah, um, He's very raw. Uh, I've written this from high school to now. He didn't play a lot in high school, didn't play a lot growing up, so a lot of the terminology and stuff he, he's catching up on still yeah. and figuring out where he needs to be and technique and stuff. And he's starting to put it all together, and it's kind of scary to watch. Yeah, and, you know, in his – his body from uh, from being a multi-sport athlete uh, to being just a football player at the at the power five level you're seeing his body sort of uh, sort of blossom in that way uh, that that he's becoming so much more physical and uh, uh, a lot more muscular than he was at, at the high school level but uh, one of the big keys to their improved pass rush that has been I think the uh, the most important part of this defense's um, resurgence over the last three games. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, There's a couple of questions tonight as we or this afternoon as we talk to players and coaches about the development of this defense, and you know, it it has you know Jim Knowles has not been on campus for even two years, so we're talking about you know a defense that continues to learn and evolve and and grow. But the thing that's really kind of interesting to watch is how they've been able to, um, you know, have this defense that can have these dynamic moments and these dynamic playmakers, whether it's Trace Ford or uh, Harvell Peel or whoever you want to say, but yet they've maintained a, a good, solid base. You know, they, they've had some games this year where they haven't tackled great or they haven't covered great, but they've been a lot – fewer and farther between than the games where they've done a solid job with that stuff so they're not taking chances to the point of um you know losing sight of of the basics and the and the hallmarks of just good defense in general um i thought they tackled really well today and uh you know some of those sorts of things that have kind of gotten away from osu defenses at points in the past I think they've been really good. So while yes, the you know there's those highlight real moments of interceptions and turnovers and stuff, but as much as anything, they're just doing the basic stuff very on a very consistently solid basis, and that's uh that's pretty darn important when you're playing against these offenses in the Big Twelve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch the development of uh, of this defense. Uh, now. Uh, course turning uh, the uh, turning the page to West Virginia next week we'll find out sometime on Sunday what time that game will be played out uh, out east so we'll we'll uh, keep you updated on that once we uh, once we know a time there big uh, win for West Virginia today that was that was a that was a big one over Kansas State for them and uh, Iowa State pulling out the uh, the yeah. late victory over Texas it really uh, helps Oklahoma State that's got Oklahoma State climbing up the uh, climbing up the ladder just a little bit, um, and we'll see we'll see what happens with uh, with Oklahoma and Baylor. 
um, you know, Baylor Baylor could put things together and make a run at uh, at the playoff. I'm not I'm not convinced that the Big 12 is in good enough standing to get into the playoff at this point, but you never know. But um, I would say Oklahoma State definitely uh, between their win and some others' losses has uh, has climbed up a few rungs in the uh, in the ladder for uh, for bowl spots. I think that Alamo Bowl. Uh, could potentially be coming back into play for them, so the interesting Bowl. to see. Interesting to see what uh, what happens from from here on out. So um, this feels like one of those one of those games where there's so much going on that uh, that I need to to bring back one of my favorite all time podcast segments. The most important thing I forgot. Uh, oh, I know there's there's probably plenty is, out there. But I don't know that I've had this segment yet. You haven't had this one? No. Oh, Jenny, Jenny wants in on this. Oh, one. Jenny's in. Jenny wants in on this one. I got. You want to talk punning, is. Scott? Uh, all right, let's nah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm still uh, listen. I'm not. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the Tom Hutton bandwagon. He had a he had a bad day. Jenny jumped ship. It happened. Oh, she did. <laughs> she was. Uh, she was. She, she threw was a life there. preserver over and jumped. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Hutton five punts, averaged thirty point four yards today. Long of forty four. He did pin two inside the twenty. Uh, no touchbacks again. Still only one touchback all year. That's a that's a pr- pretty impressive, considering the uh, the number of times that he ends up punting. When you don't punt very far, it's hard field. to get a touchback. I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had wow. to take a shot for you. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I did not say that, Scott. Shots fired. <laughs> But he did have a really short one to start yeah. the day. He had a 25-yarder, then a 33-yarder. It was not a good day. Not a good day for kickers in general. But you know what? As 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 uh, as rough as uh, the start was for uh, your man Tom Hutton, Scott, it was it got really bad for Matt Amendola. Um, yeah. Missed two long ones, which I think there could have been a crosswind situation. Mm-hmm. But then missed that chippy. Mike Gundy saying after the game that he has confidence in Amendola that He'll have way more good days, but boy, today was. If it was, if they weren't playing Kansas. If they were playing somebody that those points matter. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe if you miss the forty-eight yarder, okay. But boy, you start missing, you know, especially twenty-six. Whoo, that's that's hard to stomach. Yeah, it is. And and Amendola has been like this throughout his career. He's been a streaky guy. He will have those runs like we saw, you know, uh, you know, we saw the 18 in a row streak last year. And then, uh, then he had the 16 in a row that uh, that ended uh, what uh, two weeks TCU ago. game. So yeah. um, he's, he's missed the last four of the last five. Yeah. So he's had runs like this. He had a stretch last year after his streak ended where he uh, missed five out of seven. So uh, he's had these moments before. It's not uh, not new, but um, still very. Uh, very consistent and uh, and overall a pretty reliable guy. One thing, one important thing that we might have forgotten was the uh, offensive line getting yeah. back to the starting five that they started the season with. You know, this has obviously been kind of a mash unit with all the injuries, but yeah. this was a group today for the first time back to that original starting five. So now, granted, they may want to make changes to, to move guys around that they think could be better but this is the lineup that they think is best um, and I think it, it'll be interesting to see here with the stretch run you know can they get can they get some rhythm and really see what can be done with the offensive line I'm curious to see yeah absolutely um, you know I did notice uh, Bryce Bray couple of, take a, a couple of series off Rye Schneider slid in there at that right guard spot but for the most part 
Bray was out there, back at that right guard spot where they uh, they slotted him in at the beginning of the year. Everybody else seemed to be seemed to be healthy. Johnny Wilson was back at center. That was a big deal because he's such an important guy in uh, up there in the middle of all of that. So um, that's uh, that's a really big deal for them to have have those guys up there and 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 functioning together. So um, we'll see uh, we'll see how they continue to develop as things go forward. So be important to to have them playing well at West Virginia going on the road you need to uh, go out there and be able to run the ball effectively with with Chuba Hubbard so that'll be important all right anything else uh, important that I have forgotten no I got my shot in on you yeah 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 (laughs) uh, I'll be feeling that one for a while that's all right that was that was a little bit uh uh Spencer Sanders taking the uh defensive back to the midsection shot right there Spencer Sanders and uh and and Jacob was uh, was Kyle Mayberry on that one. So. That's all right though. Sorry. Um, well, all right. Well, in that case, I believe we have uh, wrapped up yet another edition of the Cowboy Chronicles post game podcast, which is as always brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand breaded chicken and fresh made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today, or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.